7, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3. Good luck, studio. And now, another really exciting episode of the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> oh, it's the Shy Life Podcast. All I wanted was a pie, and then I hatched out of an egg. Okay, bring the mic over. He's ready to record. It's the quiet ones you've got to watch, you know. Is it metaphorical? Is it, is it deep? Is it deep? But that boy, he's not all that shy is right. Blimey, Governor, it's the Shy Life Podcast. Hello, campers. How are you? Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. How are you doing? Yeah, well, I'm all right. So, what are we going to be talking about on this episode of the show. Well, funnily enough, we've had a lot of letters um, from Bettina Dupre fans who, um, I can't remember now which episode it was mentioned. Uh, Yes, I can. It was one of the Chatterbox episodes. Um, One of Bettina's old films was mentioned. And it, it seems there are a lot of fans out there who want to hear her talk a little bit more about that film. I mean, she wasn't actually here when we uh, discussed the film. In fact, it was during one of our Call My Bluff uh, segments where the film was mentioned. Um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so let's run that theme music when we come back. Um, Bettina will be here. And uh, hopefully, yeah, we're going to talk a bit about it. And there might even be uh, one or two clips. But uh, um, I'm, I'm sure if you're a fan of hers, you'll you're, you're know the film. But I won't mention it quite yet. OK, run that theme music. Darling, it's the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere. Hello, Paul. You don't want Paul now. Um, I'll go anywhere for a potato. Delicious. This particular episode of The Shy Life is, is a little more abstract than usual. <laughs> go Shy Yeti. Oh, I hope you haven't found out my secret. Think you have. If you thought that was bad, just listen to this. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for it to begin. It's the Shy Life Podcast. Sorry, did we sign? Yeah, yeah, I, I have a strangely drawn to Yeti Uncle John's angles as well. <laughs> but has the Shy Life Podcast slowed down? I don't think so. It's all gooey and meaty and yum, 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 yum. <laughs> so, so, Paul, uh, which of her films is it that uh, you're going to be discussing? Is she here yet? Well, actually, she's not, no. But she is due any time now. Uh, do we need to give her an audience? Well, the audience will be the listeners. Um, so, no. Why? Did you want to stay around? Oh, I would like to hear her speak. Sure, sure. Um, I don't think that anybody else is about, though. 
No, Martin's with Tallulah, and um, I'm not sure if August is coming with Bettina, or whether it's just Bettina by herself. Where is your Uncle John? Oh, something about um, some, something about uh, helping Ick out with uh, putting some curtains up or something. Yeti Uncle John is helping put curtains up in Ick's spaceship. I did not know that Ick needed curtains. Well, you know that's what that's what I was told. You think that Ick could help? I'm not sure. I'm worried that we've started something. You know. Uh, inside Ick. Your word, Paul? Well, the whole business about talking about Ark and how we were wary of him and a little bit afraid of him. And then he admitted, Ick admitted, that uh, he was also a little bit scared and afraid, um, but hadn't wanted to voice that. Well, I'm not quite sure what you mean, Paul. Well, what I mean is that now Ick is by himself with Uck virtually all of the time. And those fears and little sort of niggles might be festering away. I'm worried for him. I'm worried about him. Yes, but, but we've not got any proof that Uck has done anything wrong. I know we haven't. But that doesn't stop the little fears and uh, niggles festering, as I say. Well, he's got Yeti Uncle John with him. I'm sure he's fine. Yeah, but what about the times when he hasn't got somebody with him? Poor guy. He does have friends, Paul. He has Sister U. I I wonder if he has confided in Sister U. I'm not sure. I've not seen her in weeks. Uh, He doesn't tend to mention when she comes over. Well, he went out for that night out when we were babysitting. Yes, of course. I hope he does that again soon. I know what you mean. I hope he does too, but it does mean we have to babysit again. Well, that went fine last time. Yeah, it it did. Uh, it, it did. Look, um, so, you know, we received some letters, you know, asking more about Bettina's film career. Yes, Paul. We also received an anonymous letter about the show. In what way, Paul? I've been accused of something. What, Paul? (sighs) Some anonymous writer, letter writer, has accused me of doing silly voices. What, Paul? Silly voices? We know that you're awful at doing voices. Uh, Yeah, thank you. Well, remember when we did that, uh, like, um, I think it was Yeti Uncle John, or was it me? I can't remember... One of us was was doing impersonations of characters from the show. And you tried, and nobody knew who you were doing. Yeah, you didn't have to bring that up. Look, I've been accused of doing silly voices by somebody anonymous. Silly voices, Paul. Uh, look, I wouldn't even worry about it. Who who are they saying? What are they saying? <sighs> that They are saying that some of the characters on the Shy Life podcast are not real that they are just me doing silly voices. Well, that's nonsense, Paul. Absolute nonsense. I know, I know it's nonsense. Then you should not even listen to them. I'm trying not to listen to them. I promise you I am. But, uh, yeah. Well, who are they saying? Which one of us are they saying 
that you are just doing silly voices for, well, it's a number of the characters. Um, they particularly mention, um, uh, well, I, I don't know. Uh, can you guess? Uh, I, I'm not sure, Paul. No, you'll have to tell me. Well, they are accusing me of doing the voices, and not very well, um, doing silly voices for some of the cast members of the show, and they've named the following. Um, Andrew Trowbridge, Lisa Parker, Martin Holmes, um, and Nick Goodman. All of those. Well, Paul, that's nonsense. They're saying that Andrew, Lisa, Martin... Martin Holmes and Nick are all figments of my imagination and just characters that I play and that the voices don't even sound, you know, they just sound like me doing voices, you know. They say it's almost offensive in places. Almost offensive, that's ridiculous, Paul. Well, you know, if that listener is listening, then I can assure you I have met these people I know that Andrew and Lisa and Martin Holmes and Nick, they all exist. Oh, for goodness sake, Paul, don't even listen to it. I know, I know. They go on to say that I clearly don't have enough people on my show that I have to make the voices up. And, um, you know, they're accusing me of of sitting there, you know, doing whole episodes and I'm doing both voices like with the music episodes, with Nick or with Martin Holmes, that it's just me sitting there going, oh, look at this song from 1974. Isn't it nice? Oh, yes, it's very nice. Oh, but Paul, it's not happening like that. They nearly went as far as to say those Chatterbox episodes are just me doing all the voices, just with, like, clever editing. And they say that Toppy must be, um, you know, in cahoots with me because he's there. Oh, so they think Toppy Smelly does exist. Yes, apparently, apparently, because he's been podcasting such a long time and before me, this is the thing. The characters, I mean, the people that they are saying that I do the voices for are people who didn't podcast until after I started podcasting. So Martin Holmes and Nick and uh, and Andrew and Lisa, they all started podcasts except more well, Nick is on this podcast exclusively, well, and on Van the Archives. Uh, but look, anyway, what I'm trying to say is that it's ridiculous. Um, it's ridiculous that uh, I'm making their voices up. But they're saying the Toppy Smelly must be real because he was doing Lotzel and the Smellcast even before you met him. Yes, but have they never seen any Sutton Park clips? Well, maybe they haven't, Paul. Well, I mean, I can't vouch for Martin Holmes. I mean, uh, but uh, um, I, I have known Nick and Andrew and Lisa for th about 30 years, and they appear in Sutton Park episodes. Uh, yes, but maybe they've only heard the audio clips. Maybe they think you are doing impersonations then too. Maybe they just... Whoever it is, it's just troublemaking. Babsid's a long-lost cousin, Algernon. You know, Babsid's somebody from Control Incorporated. Well, I wouldn't put it past them just to stir things up and send this stupid letter, but uh, 
Um, look, anyone out there who sent this letter, I can tell you for a fact that uh, Lisa and Andrew and Martin and Nick all exist. Uh, Martin has been doing art for years, probably before. I mean, and I'm sure that predates me knowing him. Well, I know it will do, but on the internet is what I mean. I, I met him through Andrew and Lisa from around the archives. I mean, for goodness sake, just watch the Sutton Park clips. You'll see any episodes where there's Nick and Andrew and Lisa. That's their voices that you hear. I haven't been dubbing the clips. Oh, it just makes me tired. It makes me tired, um, uh, Cromarty. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't blame you, Paul. It's it's a ridiculous, a ridiculous thing. Oh, I I don't know why do pe- why do people only write in when they have to complain. Why don't people write in when they have something nice to say? Well, I'm sure nobody will accuse you of doing silly voices ever again. Now they know that those people are real. Oh, why did they? I, uh, perhaps it's, do you think it's oh no to say it could be an April Fool's but I, I don't think the dates are right no point no it's fine look listen um, don't get yourself into a state you're going to have a nice chat with Bettina yeah yeah I will if she turns up oh oh she's caught just a minute she's calling hi, hi Bettina it's me Paul uh, are you still coming over today Oh, yes, darling. Very keen to talk about this film. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. We're running a bit late. August's here. Hello, Paul. Are you very sorry? Uh, we were watching the film again, so that she had plenty of memories to talk about. Oh, right. Good. Yes, good, good. Um, uh, are you in a taxi or on a train? Darling, we're in a taxi, and we're about five minutes away, so uh, don't you fret. Don't you fret. I hope you've got uh, the the kettle boiled and the gin and tonics poured. Oh, no, well, actually, I haven't. I'll go and sort that out. I'll keep an eye out for you. Looking forward to seeing you. OK, darling. We'll be there imminently. Fantastic. Great. OK. <laughs> OK. Bye, darling. Bye. Oh, so there she is. She's nearly here. Yes, we ought to get the kettle on and uh, the gin and tonics poured. I'm not sure who's having... Is everyone having a gin and tonic? Well, maybe eventually. Paul, what is the film we are discussing? Um, it's one... It's Well, it's the one that was mentioned on the Chatterbox show. Um, f- uh, it's from uh, the late 60s. It's called Fiend in Flared Jeans. Oh, I love that title, Paul. I know, I know. Uh, it's a great little film. I'm sorry you missed... Uh, I'll have to show you... Uh, obviously, no time to watch it now before we start talking, but... Uh, um, yeah, you'll have to watch it. You'll have to watch it with me again. Fantastic. She's fantastic in it, you know. Well, I, 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 it doesn't matter that I have not seen the film as yet. I just want to hear her talk. I, I want to hear her talk about her film. And, uh, yes. Yeah, uh, it's like, I don't know, the 17th film she ever made or something. But, but it must be one of the first where she had a really big, uh, starring role. But, uh, um... Yeah, she played uh, twin sisters. Oh, right. One of them's good and one of them's evil. Gosh, she, you would think, you would you would honestly think that it was different actresses. She's, the transformation and, and the difference. Uh, she, she really is a great actress. Um, yeah. 
I, I can't wait to speak about it. It's just a shame that uh, Yeti Uncle John and Eek could not be here. No, putting up curtains. I'm a little bit disappointed in them, to be honest. But there we go. Anyway, Tina will be here soon. Yes, yes, I'll go and look out for them. Th- thanks, Cromarty. I'll go and put the kettle on. Pleasure, my pleasure. Yes, uh, 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 I'm still not quite sure why you wanted curtains put up. Well, you know, I know we have no windows in this room, but uh, I wanted to make it feel more like a normal bedroom. So that's why I drew, like, window shapes on the wall. And now you have put the curtains up. It feels quite snug. Yes, this is going to be the place that I come to have tea and Biscuits. Oh, yes. Biscuits. Hmm. So, uh, uh, that's why you asked me over. For tea and biscuits? I did, yes. Oh, for, for the biscuits that, that you're storing in, in, in your storeroom? Yes. Yes, it is, Uncle John. Uh, I've been having a think about it, and, well, you know, uh, although those biscuits will come about by mm, slightly dishonest means. They are so yummy, and as you're going to share them with me, um, then I forgive you. Oh, yes, of course I'm going to share them with you. Uh, I can't share them with anyone else. But, uh, yeah, uh, I suppose uh, just, you know, um, listeners are here, I think. Oh, the listeners won't tell anybody. No, listeners, the biscuits that Icky's storing in his storeroom were gained by slightly nefarious purposes because I um, I gifted uh, some recordings I've made of Paul reading his really deadly dull diaries and some of his really deadly dull poems. Oh, Icky Uncle John, don't be mean. I like his poems. I mean, the diaries aren't too bad either. Uh, well, in your view. Anyway, I may not care for them, but Radio Dal FM does like them because they, uh, Radio Dal FM being the radio station for Insomniacs, and apparently Paul's material works wonders anyway. Paul was a bit offended that they were using his material for sleeping purposes or to create sleep, and uh, anyway, he didn't want anything to do with them anymore, uh, but I still provided them with recordings. Uh, which are apparently going down like, you know, they're very successful at what they uh, are there to achieve. Oh dear, if Paul knew. Yes, if Paul knew, he'd be very cross. Anyway, payment came in the form of biscuits, lots of them, 
Lots and lots of biscuits, all sorts of biscuits, very yummy biscuits. And uh, Ick is uh, storing them because I've got nowhere else to store them, and I'm sharing them with Ick. Yes, very much appreciated. Uh, and here I am, uh, putting up curtains, and uh, now we're going to have a nice cup of tea and some biscuits. Yes. Now, are you sure you've not been eating those biscuits? You know. I've not been eating your biscuits, no. Only you have the passcode. Well, yeah, well, that's what you say, but uh, how do I know that, that you're you're not sneaking in there? Yes, Uncle John, that's quite offensive. I told you, I told you that I was giving you, uh, you know, the choice of a password that only you knew. Yes, all right, sorry. I didn't want to accuse you of anything. Of course, if uh, there were loads of biscuits missing, I'll know you've been eating them. Yes, Uncle John, I'm, I'm a little bit cross about what you're saying. Do you not trust me? I do trust you, Ick, but these biscuits are good. I wouldn't, you know... But what if you haven't stolen them and eaten them, but uh, your, your son, Ark, has? That's also offensive. Ark doesn't really like biscuits. But I'm not really giving him the choice. I can't access your biscuits, I've told you. Yes, yes, all right. Well, I'm sure they're all there. I'm just, you know, stirring for dramatic purposes. Yes, well... Be careful! I'll get dramatic on your, on your ass. Oh, blimey! Things are bad when, uh, when, when uh, it uses the A word. Mm, exactly. Come on, let's go and uh, go to the storeroom, and uh, yes, then you can see that uh, nothing has been eaten without your knowledge. All right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll come with you to the storeroom. And uh, I'm looking forward to these biscuits, so I didn't mean to be offensive. I know, it's just your way. You can't help it. Uh, uh, I can't help... Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, all right. Come on, then. Uh, uh, listeners, uh, you, you can come with us as well if you want, but it's going to take a, a, it's a little bit of a walk. So uh, I suggest that maybe you listen to a Sutton Park uh, clip or maybe a quiz at this stage. And when we come back then uh, we'll be at the storeroom. Uh, if you're thinking of getting some of these biscuits, then you've got another thing coming, uh, I must say, though. Don't be mean to listeners. Oh, well, you know, I, I don't mean to be mean. Yes, well, it's very good that they're not telling on us. Oh, the chances of listeners writing in to Paul on the show is quite, uh, is quite unlikely. Well, well, sometimes it happens. Uh, this business with Bettina Dupre coming over to talk about her old film. Oh, yes, we were best out of that, I think. It might have been quite interesting, but um, I needed an excuse to get you to come over here and get access to your biscuits. But anyway, I'm sure we'll hear the recording of her talking about her film at some point. Is it for a DVD commentary or something? I have no idea. Anyway, Paul's been getting letters about from people wanting to know more about Bettina's films. And, uh, anyway. So, maybe podcast listeners too sometimes write in. But, uh, anyway. Let's not worry about it. Let's get these biscuits. Yes, right, let's get these biscuits. Listeners, go and listen to something else for a few minutes. And we'll speak to you again in a bit. Yes, lovely listeners. You must be nice to them. Um, it's Uncle John.
Don't want them turning on us. Uh, uh, yeah, all right, all right, yeah, all right. Lovely listeners. Oh, yes, lovely listeners. Go and listen to a nice Sutton Park clip or quiz, please. Please do it now. Thank you. Dear, oh, dear, won't they take a hint? Here's Uncle John. Come on. <laughs> yeah, lovely listeners. <laughs> dear, oh, dear. Find something. Uh, oh, good. Perhaps uh, just picking him up. Oh dear. Goodness, we found him. Been left out in the, in the, at least it wasn't left out in the rain or uh, in the garden with all the dew and stuff. Oh dear. Oh. Yeah, this way. So, how is he then? And flowers. How is he? Is he going to be alright? Do you think we was going after he took him? Yes, yeah, uh, yes, Jay. Uh, I think it. Uh, I think that's without doubt. Um, Ramses, he's is all right, isn't he? Oh, please tell me. Please tell us he's all right. Oh, oh, oh! Now listen. I. Uh, good news and bad news for you. Yeah. He's all right. Yeah, we've found Gongar's fingerprints all over him. 
but he, well, he's all right, but obviously when we first found him, he wasn't working at all. No sound, no nothing. I had to uh, unplug it by the entire of his circuits. Basically, man, all current recent knowledge was wiped out of his mind. Everything was gone. He's a uh, long term memories fine, but well, the circuits should store the recent memories. You know what that means, don't you? Any hope of getting him to to prove whether Gong got lied or not is gone. He won't recall it. A short-term memory. He won't have it anymore. Don't even know we know Gong is responsible for the fight and everything. And it Clive lied. For whatever reason. We can't prove it. Exactly. Do you remember to... no? It's 12.42 a.m. Yeah, well, never mind. He's got no... no, no recall at all. No recall of the... Uh, of Gongos telling him anything. Oh, dear. I can't believe, though, that... Why would... why would he lie? What Gongos ever have said? Gongos must have said to him that about Shroom that he was with with him all day and God, why would you do that? You don't understand me, you can't even remember. I have enough people losing their memories these days, I really am. What we gotta do is just get a confession out of the uh, uh, corn make him tell Paul. Force him to tell Paul the truth. We know what happened. You can't go around saying things. I know we weren't there to see, but I mean, oh goodness, he's the one who's had this trouble. He's the one who's probably a bit unstable. He probably blames you and everything. And it wasn't your fault. I mean, it was him being so greedy for the treasure. It was just bad luck he got there first. Oh, we've got to get him. To, got to get him to admit that he he's lied. That's the thing. I'm certain, I'm certain, I know, even though I wasn't there, I know you wouldn't lie. And I see we've got to make him, we've got to make him say the truth. Paul must be out. Yeah, well, he did say that, you know, if he couldn't find anything immediately, he'd uh, stay over at Cullen's and go and look again the next day. Probably trying to find this in new house. She won't even be here. We're going to move away, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Oh, poor old Clive. He's lost bits of his memory. What, he's getting damaged and stuff? We just like Paul and his memory. Well, you said Paul's not a robot. No. No, he's not, is he? I hope he's alright. hope he finds someone nice. Hello everyone. Hello. Where is anyone? Quiet. Hello. Hello, it's me, John. 
Hello, Clive. Our a message? Oh, I... Our Owen, come in. John, if you're ready before we return, go on to meet Paul at the library. Oh, very well. Oh, oh good. good lord. The house, that, that's a picture of the hat in the prop. Blimey. We saw that as well. Say, like. Oh, blimey, the house is for sale. Well, I suppose Paul's been out looking for new properties and stuff. Listen, Owen. Owen, come and have a look in here before they sell it, for goodness sake. Come on. Come in here. Come on. Come on, don't be shy. There's no one in here. They've all gone down to the library. Or, yeah. Or, come on in. There you are, Owen. There's nothing to be scared of, is there? Hey. Hey. No. No. He's very nice, thank you, yeah. Very nice. Or, or Owen. Owen, it's great to have you here. It's so nice to have you here. Or, if only your brother was here. If only your brother was here to say it too. Or, ah, Owen. You just wait till you meet everyone. You love them. They're all so friendly. You just wait till they, you meet them all. I think this is going to be really nice. I can't wait. Meanwhile, back in Manchester, at the Vampire Research Department, mm. we have arrived early. There's no one here. Not even Tremaine. Hmm. Interesting. Videos. Documenting everything on vampires. Yes. Slides. Interesting. But where is Tremaine? Why is it we've come here anyway? Hmm? Why is it we've come here? All the way. Aren't we, shouldn't we be back where we were before? Shouldn't we be back in Camberley? Hmm? No. No, no. Zanzibar wants us to make sure that Tremaine does not spread suspicious suspicions about any of our current endeavours. Yes. We will wait until Tremaine arrives. Tremaine shall not spread the suspicions about anything. About me, about Zanzibar, or you. We will make sure that Tremaine knows who exactly is in control. Well... Do not forget. Do not forget me. I am still here. Do not forget the controller. The controller. Yes. 
sudden strength has returned to me. It's because Katrina is no longer with us. Yes, that was my doing. I sent hate, hate, through Bakov. Yes, she may return yet. There is much to be done. I think I have the strength to go out again. Master, I shall continue your work. I shall try and make up for everything that uh, went wrong during my weakness. I feel that once again I am strong enough. Uncle! Uncle! Uncle John! Uncle John, can I see this clock? You say he talk. Can I talk to him? Alright, that's, that's all right, yeah, but we gotta go. Gotta go soon and meet the others. Yes, okay, Uncle John. It's 6.42 p.m. You talk. It's 6.42 p.m. You talk. He sees, he sees some, he says some funny old things at times at that clock. Aye, don't, don't, don't worry about him, eh? Or, or, he does say some funny old things. Let's get going. It's nearly dawn. Come along. We're going to meet the others now. Hey. Alright, come on now. Oh, okay. How did you... Oh, you mind? See ya. Come on now. Very interesting. And yet unnecessary. These extra characters. This John. Owen. Now I have returned, I shall see an end to them. Once again, I shall begin to axe. Um, I've not seen you in a while. Oh, darling, it's a pleasure, an absolute pleasure. Oh, gosh. 
I never thought I'd be sitting here, <laughs> however many years it is, uh, since I made Fiend in Flared Jeans, talking about it. I never thought that anyone would be interested. Oh, yes, the, Bettina, they're very interested. Uh, it's funny. Um, uh, I don't think we'd ever discussed this film specifically before, but it was a question in one of my Call My Bluff sections in a recent Chatterbox episode. The question was um, about it being your first major film role, which it certainly wasn't. It was actually your 17th. Oh, yes, darling, yes. I'd been working for quite some time before then, but all over the world, so, you know. And uh, some of these films, they, they just didn't get shown in the UK, but they're, uh, you know... Uh, getting a cult following these days, it seems. Well, yes, indeed. Um, uh, just from my own sort of film collecting um, uh, hobbies, um, I, I didn't know about a lot of the Italian uh, Jallo films from the late 60s and 70s until uh, uh, I started listening to the Steer Continues podcast. A lot of those films weren't very well known, but a lot are now available on Blu-rays with commentaries and, uh, yeah. Well, I'm not sure if Fiend in Flared Jeans has quite got to that level yet, but uh, but soon. I would think it's, yeah, any day now. Um, so let's just uh, backtrack slightly. Your character, well, um, when I did the question, I mentioned the character Countess Dulali Jones. That was the character you played in the film, well, one of the characters. Oh, exactly, darling, yes. Now, it was uh, just one of the characters because it was the main character. Um, so Fiend in Flared Jeans starts uh, with, uh, yeah, my, my character uh, living in a mansion and then her twin sister, who isn't a countess, um, Ursula. Her name is Ursula. My name was Pachula. I was the Countess Pachula Dulali Jones. And my sister, my twin sister, see, that's how I ended up playing two parts. Um, my, uh, my twin sister, who had uh, tracked me down, I think if I remember, I don't think I even knew I had a twin sister, but uh, I did, <laughs> um, Ursula. And uh, yes, I got to play both characters. It was wonderful. And then, you know, the film was about our rivalry and uh, she, well, and was she trying to kill me to take over my place? Was she going to, you know, try and pass herself off um, as Petula, as the Countess? That's quite standard, uh, you know, like, shallow territory, you know, particularly the late 60s, um, the late 60s shallow. They're often sort of, um, like some of those uh, Patricia Highsmith um, books like sort of Ripley, Tanted Mr. Ripley, or uh, The Stranger on a Train, somebody sort of arranging um, for somebody to kill somebody, or somebody trying to take over someone's place, or, or somebody trying to, um, you know, somebody's trying to make a character feel like they're going mad, um, for want of a better word. Oh, yes, darling. Well, it was all of that. <laughs> all of that. Poor Petula. But we mustn't give away too many twists. But um, well, we haven't actually said uh, what this came out in. Now, um, I, I before I knew the date, I thought maybe it was uh, like early 70s because of the reference to flared jeans. Oh, yes. And it was uh, 
Ursula, who <laughs> arrived oh, that moment when she said, I'm sorry, I'm talking about it in the third person, it was me. But uh, as I arrived as Pajula, um, I knocked on the door and, and, the, and, the, and, and there was a storm outside. Um, I think it was more thunder and lightning than actual rain. But uh, anyway, I was immaculate, even though I was supposed to be the uh, long-lost um, sort of poorer daughter, um, the, you know, the daughter that nobody knew existed. Well, um, yes, there I was, standing on the porch. Hello, sister, it's me, Pachula. You never even knew I existed, did you? <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Oh, so cab, I loved it. Oh, it was gorgeous. But uh, yes, sorry, you were were asking about the year it was made. Yes, yeah. Oh, well, um, came out in 68. um, And, you know, there were flat jeans around from the late 60s onwards, really. I know they're often associated more with the 70s, but uh, no, I was wearing them as uh, a spatula and... uh, Gosh, what colour are they now? Uh, a bright orange, I think. <laughs> it's drobed on the screen, darling. Oh, golly, yes. I've seen it. I've seen it. Um, wonderful. Uh, but anyway, sorry, six, uh, it came out in 68. Yes, but we were filming it um, oh, in the autumn of 67, I think. Um, now, now um, what we haven't mentioned is that it was a Spanish production. And um, I was in a good situation, though, because, darling, um, although although I was the only member of the cast who wasn't Spanish, um, gosh, there were lots of other actors, but you, you, I'm not sure you'd know them over here. They're not, it, it's, you know, there are people that are known in Spain, but not, not here. Um, Humberto uh, Biblioni, was my co-star. Um, now... Uh, what was I saying? Yes. So I knew I could speak uh, perfectly decent Spanish. Um, so uh, I got to do my lines in Spanish. You know, I could be convincingly Spanish. Right. Yes. Yes. Of course. And uh, yet, when it came to dubbing for the uh, European market, well. I said, with the English-speaking market and, and America. I know it went to America briefly, uh, around mainly around. Um, oh golly, uh, like um, drive-ins, drive-ins. We, I mean, we don't have them in the UK because the weather's not good enough. But yes, it definitely did the drive-in circuit in '68, uh, maybe even into '69. But I mean, I just got paid a one-off wage, and it, I mean, it was great, darling. It was great to, um, you know. Uh, sort of, oh gosh, be the oh, the leading lady tw- twice over. <laughs> oh, I, I did love it. I mean, it wasn't available for many years. I think it's out on a few, you know, well, obscure DVD um, like labels now. Yeah, I think so, Bettina. That's how I saw it. But uh, oh, Blu ray, a Blu ray version would be marvellous. I don't know. I'm not even sure if the print is. You know, out of copyright. I'm not sure who owns it today. Um, it might be uh, now the director. I, I I I don't think he made that many films, let alone more. Well, I, I hesitate to call it a horror film. Fiend in Fred Jeans. Um, 
more like a psychological horror, I suppose. Yeah, well, they're one of my favourites. <laughs> yes. Well, um, so, oh, what was I saying? So, yes, when it came to dubbing it into English, I was able to not only, you know, be in the original speaking Spanish, uh, but I was able to dub it in English. I did get an extra bit of pay for that. It was nice. I, I mean, the industry is the industry, but uh, I, I always feel sorry uh, for actors or actresses um, who are in things and then basically their, their vocals are wiped because they're dubbed over. So I was very keen and I made sure it was in my contract that, you know, I convinced... I convinced at the audition that I could speak Spanish. Uh, maybe not as good as uh, the locals, but I, I could do it and be convincing. And, you know, I signed for that, but I also signed for having the rights to have my own voice dub dubbing over the English version because, well, you know, um, it, 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 uh, it is something that I could do. So, yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, it's nice to nice to think that that's your voice, then, and that well, you know, whatever version, whatever print you're watching. Oh, exactly, darling. Absolutely. Um, what was I going? I was going to tell you about the director. Um, oh golly, uh, Giuliano. Um, oh, uh, Felipe. I think was his name. He wasn't. Sp he wasn't Spanish either. Was he? Was he Italian? It's all very confusing. <laughs> The European film market in those days, you had Spanish directors directing films in England and Italian directors directing in England and, and uh, you know, the budgets were minuscule, but uh, gosh, boy, were they fun. <laughs> oh, they were. <laughs> yes. Oh, dear. And so, Bettina, do you have any particular memories from behind the scenes? Do I have any memories from behind the scenes, darling? Well, um, <laughs> now you're asking, darling. Um, oh gosh, well, I'm, I wasn't married to Max at this stage. I think we'd been divorced. I had been married to Max. I think I was young, free and single. So, Humberto and I, I don't think that he was, well, he was youngish, older than me. Um, he, I think he was married, but you know. Uh, I didn't ask questions, darling. I didn't ask questions. Oh, Bettina. Oh, God, he was, oh, he was spunky, darling, he's spunky. Oh, he had this, oh, God. <laughs> um, Humberto, yes. Uh, we had a little bit of a fling, I must say. You know, we were filming in the autumn. A girl needs a cuddle at the end of the day. <laughs> oh, those, those sets, well, they weren't sets. The, the castle is very cold, you see. I needed a cuddle. <laughs> well, I don't blame you. I've seen him at work. He looks like quite a... Oh, stallion, darling, quite a stallion. <gasps> Bettina, you're making me blush now. No, oh, darling. Oh, no, it was wonderful. We had a great time. Um, gosh, there was a lot of wine flowing. And maybe a few cigarettes, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Bettina, I, I, I wish I'd been there. You weren't even born, darling. I wasn't, no. I wasn't. Um, what else can I ask? Uh... I think maybe we'll just play a quick clip of that scene you mentioned when Petula was confronted by Ursula. Is that the way round it was? Darling, I think I've confused... I, I get the characters confused, the names confused. I might have muddled them round earlier. I do apologise. Oh, sorry, well, never mind, never mind. Um, 
I'm sure the listeners uh, quite understand it's been a long time. Um, but yes, was Ursula was the sister? Uh, it was Countess Petula Dulali Jones. Not a very Spanish name. I think that's the the English dub version. I think oh, she had a Spanish, she had a far more European name, you know, like, um, well, a Spanish name um, in the actual original edit. But I always think of her as Petula. Yes, Petula Dulali Jones, Countess Petula Dulali Jones. And, and it was the sister, the long last sister, who was Ursula. I'm sorry if I muddled it around. I, oh, dear, oh, dear. Listeners, you must think I'm a slight old silly, silly sausage. No, I'm, they'll quite understand. They'll quite understand. Um, so let's listen to the clip um, of, of when you, of when you and you first get to meet. Oh, <laughs> you and you. Oh, you are funny, Paul. that be at this time of night? I was just about to retire to my boudoir. Do you want me to see who it is, Countess? Oh, please, Jeeves. That would be wonderful. I suppose I should speak to you. Hello? It's very late at night. How can we help you? Oh, it must be awful out there in the storm. Who is that? Hello, it's me. My name is... Ursula, and you, you are Petula. I know my name, darling. I've had it all my life. Yes, I know that. You've had it all of your life. Not just your name, though. You've had all this fortune, all this beautiful house. You've grown up. You are so privileged. I don't need you to lecture me on my riches and fame. Step out of the shadows. Who are you? What are you doing here? Well, Petula... We finally get to meet. It is I, Ursula, your long-lost sister. Finally we meet. Well, at least for the first time in many, many years. What? Ursula? I... I don't understand. They said you... They said you died at birth. Oh yes, well they would do, wouldn't they? They didn't want you to know you had a twin sister. But here I am now, and I'm ready to share with you your glamorous lifestyle. Sister dearest. Wow, I love that scene. It's just amazing. Those costumes as well. I'm sorry the listeners can't see the the costumes, but uh, wow, what a great film. That's just the start, darling. It is, it is. Um, Wow. It's good to see you in action, as it were. (laughs) Darling, (laughs) we didn't feel that. Oh, you mean, oh, yes, well... Uh, it was a delight to play Ursula and Petula. Uh, Petula was such a snobby little cow. <laughs> God. And, well, Ursula wasn't much better, but uh, at least she was a bit more hip. Uh-huh. She was. She was a real sort of late 60s swinging hippie chick type girl, wasn't she? 
Yes, yes, and Petula did not like it. Uh, she didn't want to share her fortune for a start. I was trying to remember, oh, what was the twist? What was the plot line? Um, you know, how, how come the two of them were separated at birth? Oh, gosh, something to do with, um, uh, oh, um, like a, a gambling or something. I had something to do with, like, if you lose this, I get to have your baby or something. I it was crazy. It really was ridiculous, but uh, fantastic as well. Poor old Ursula, lost in a game of cards. <laughs> something like that, darling, yes. Oh, gosh, yes. Um, now, well, yes. Oh, well, I, I was going to tell you about some of the locations. It was beautiful. We, were, we, filmed, we filmed in Barcelona, but we also filmed in Madrid... It was a party scene we filmed in Madrid, I, out in a co big courtyard. I, uh, it was, uh, oh, that was a night. Oh, yes, did the party spill over into uh, uh, real life? Did it ever, darling? Did it ever? <laughs> oh, blimey. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> August, what is it like hearing these stories? Oh, well, you know, um, well, I wasn't around uh, for this film, but... Uh, I know that, uh, well, uh, Damius was about, but also not at that film. Yes. It's very strange, August. You have your your life as an artist now, and yet sometimes you have memories from your, from your past. Oh, yes. Uh, I've been having some counselling about that. I remember my life as an actor... Um, but it does feel like a dream. Feels like many years ago. And, uh, anyway, my darling Bettina, well, you know, she, um, she was much higher flyer than I was. Yes, she was appearing in these big movies. Well, they may not have been big, but compared to what I was doing, they were big. You know, travelling, making films in Italy and Spain. Uh... Yes, France as well. Well, uh, you know, I can understand, yes. Um, it's great that she still has these memories and can uh, talk about them. Uh, uh, I must see the film, it sounds amazing. <laughs> yes, I, I like the title, Fiend in Flared Jeans. Uh, 1968, I'm reading it off here on the IMDb website. Oh yes, yes. Well, Paul has a copy. You know, I, I only hope they can get the, the film released on Blu-ray at some stage. Yes, yes, that would be nice. Yes. Oh, <laughs> she looks so happy there, <laughs> thinking back to her past. Yes, yes, well, she's had quite a life. She obviously had quite a lot of, uh, you know, uh, problems as well, because, you know, she'd been married and divorced and... You know, at this stage, in the late 60s, she was free and single, and uh, it can't have been too long before she met Tappy, Alan Tappy. Oh, yes, I, I'm pretty sure they met in the late late 60s or, or, or early 70s, I forget. She has called me, although she also contradicts herself on occasion. Oh, yes, well, you know, the memory can cheat. I guess so. Well, anyway, um, let's keep on listening. Yes, yes. Oh, it's just a shame that Ike and uh, Etienne John aren't here. I think they'd enjoy this. Oh, yes, well, you know. Uh, busy putting up curtains, I believe. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, yes, I believe so. Strange. <laughs> Why it couldn't have been postponed? For, but anyway, should let listen. How many, uh, how many uh, packets of them biscuits are we eating, Ick? Oh, feels like 20. I think it is about 20. Oh, blimey, sorry, I just need to take a, a sip of my coffee. Come on, then. Oh, dear. I need, need something to wash, wash down all the biscuits. Oh. And, uh, I don't know how we managed to have so many. They're just so moorish, aren't they? Three stomachs. Yes. Well, that's my counted anyway. You know, they come and go. My aunt Muriel used to have seventeen stomachs, but then she was very old. Oh dear, okay. I don't think I want to know about that. Aunt Muriel, is that her real name? You know, uh, I, I thought your planet everyone had funny long names. Oh yes, that's true. Her name wasn't Muriel, but Muriel is the nearest name. That it would translate to, yes, in uh, my language. Oh well, it's, uh, it's a good thing we weren't going over there to hear Bettina speak because I don't think I could have, I don't think I could have moved from this chair with all those biscuits. I know. Oh gosh, I feel quite dizzy. Well, that's what eating twenty packets of biscuits will do for you. Probably having a sugar, a sugar rush or something. Oh yes, I think I probably am. Yeah, it's not every day you get a chance to eat such yummy biscuits, but, uh, yeah. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, oh, oh, I feel sleepy now. I feel sleepy too. Oh, I just looked into uh, Ark's bedroom. It appears he's gone out. He wasn't there. Oh, did, did we know that? Did you know he was going out? Where would he be going? Maybe to watch horror films with one of his friends. Oh, I don't know. I mean, how does a uh, uh, how does someone like Art get to meet people? Online, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. Sorry, I just I never thought about it. Oh, well, I hope he behaves himself. He's not getting into a bad crowd, is he? No, no, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh dear, I'm totally, I'm totally unsuited to life as a mother. I can't keep control of him. He does his own thing. Yeah, well, it's difficult for you, Ick. It's difficult for you. Because, you know, you never had any chance to assert your authority because, you know, within hours of him being born, he was fully grown and, 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 and you know, and independent of you. You never had a chance to teach him right from wrong or... Or, you know, show him who was boss. You know, he's difficult. I understand that. So I'm glad you do. I'm glad you understand me, Uncle John. I don't know that everybody else does. Oh, everybody does understand. They really do. They know it's difficult for you. But on the other hand, 
not quite sure what what we can do to help. I know. I know. I don't know either. And, you know, maybe he's been a good boy. And, but I'm always thinking the worst of him. Well, you know, it's just because because we've got a stereotype in our head of what somebody who is so like into horror films and well he's a very gory you know child um very much into that sort of thing i know but it doesn't mean to say he's not a lovely boy no no i know i agree i know i know i know that yeah oh dear oh dear i'm gonna drop off i'm gonna need a nap i think i think i need a nap too the listeners are back listeners I think it's time for another sudden park trip or a quiz or something because we're, we're about to have a nap. We've eaten far too many biscuits. We have eaten far too many biscuits. Yes, a, a sudden park trip or a quiz sounds perfect. So uh, run along, won't you? Yes, we'll run along. Run along. Oh. Oh. Mm. Uh. Don't fancy another biscuit or two before bed. Um, maybe. Maybe. I'm going to put the kettle on. Oh, dear. Eighties. What song from the nineteen eighty six film Top Gun was a hit for Berlin? We've had this question before. Take my breath away. That's correct. Nineties at Christmas nineteen ninety four. What song gave Oasis their first top five hit? Uh, some might say. Oh. Uh, say, say it again. At Christmas 1994, what song gave Oasis their first top five hit? Cigarettes and alcohol? No. (laughs) Come on. Did my Jeremy Paxman. No. Supersonic? No. Come on. I don't know know then, because I know know some might say it was their first number one. I don't think they'd have that many hits before that. It's whatever. I thought that was later than I thought that was later than those ones. Uh, whatever wasn't on. What? That makes sense. I was just always some might some some might say on Morning Glory, maybe. I thought whatever was the single between uh, albums, but uh, Well, I, I, I don't know what one's got to the top in the top five or twenty mm. first century. Oh you you won't get this one. T Rex. I do. I don't know, 21st century boy. <laughs> Wycliffe Jean. <laughs> That's the first bit of the question. Wycliffe Jean, who had solo hits like 2001's Perfect Gentleman, was a member of which hip-hop band? The Fugees. Yes, well done. Nobody knows anything about his solo hits like Perfect Gentleman. No one's ever heard of that song. <laughs> the title of Sam Smith's theme from the 2015 James Bond film Spectre. Probably. Writings 
writing on on the wall. Yeah, writings on the wall. That's correct. Initials, yeah, which, which 1985 song by Queen has the initials Alpha, Kilo, Oscar, Mike, A-K-O-M. A kind of magic. And a magic. I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was called. It's a kind one of magic. dream. Was, that's it. Um, oldies. In 1994, we're going back a bit here. The Beautiful South had a hit with "Everybody's Talking," the theme song from which 1969 movie. Easy Rider. Everybody's talk. No, not quite. It's um, Midnight Cowboy. Uh, same thing. <laughs> yeah, same thing. Yeah. Often, often referred to as the same film. Eighties yeah. <clears throat> again. What nationality were men without hats who had a hit with the safety dance in nineteen eighty three? Oh, no, no, no! They're Canadian. Oh, they thought they couldn't speak English. Oh gosh! <laughs> under what name? This is nineties. I wonder. Under what name did French musician Quentin or Quentin Dupieux reach number one in nineteen ninety nine with the instrumental flat beat? Basically, you had a number yeah. one with flat flat beat. I know. I can think of half of it, but. Can't think of that's the other. I was thinking. I was thinking of something Eric, but something. Oh, different. that's what. Oh, well, in that case, that's what I was thinking. Uh, was, was it Flat Eric? Or something? No, no, Mr. Mr. Oizo. I think Flat Eric was something different. It was the frog song. Mr. Mr. Oizo. Mr. Oizo. Me, me, me. Yeah, 21st century Elton John's <laughs> 2005 hit "Electricity" came from which? Stage musical. Billy Elliot? Yes. Good guess. Just digressing, I'm watching the, um, on ITV Hub, they've been showing the, you, you can watch, you know, the, the big match, you know, the old football highlights program mm -hmm. that were in the 70s and 80s on ITV that Brian Moore used to, used to um, host. But they had, one of the ones I was watching, it was the Christmas from 1970. Is it 1976? Either 76, 77 or 77, 78 season. I think it's Christmas 76. But anyway, it was um, <clears throat> Elton John was was hosting it. <laughs> um, and just being like really, really awful. <laughs> and he had, he had guests, he had Kevin Keegan and Mick Shannon on it. But it was around the time of, because there was a competition. You, you won um, his latest album. Which was, um, it was the one that's got sorry seems to be the hardest word. So I don't think it was one of, I, I think it's one of his good. Less than zero. I think it, that is a quite good album. I think because it's got. I was going to say, I didn't think it was, was it? I thought it had blue something in the in the title. Uh, maybe it's not the one I'm thinking of then. Blue movie. Well, I might be getting confused because blue did actually do a cover of it, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because the one I was thinking of has kissed the bride on which my favorite. Yeah, no, this was. Um, I think that was the only hit from it. Was um, mm -hmm. 
sorry seems to be the hardest word titles complete the, the title of drake's hit which was britain's best-selling single of 2016 one say that again please uh complete the title of drake's hit which was britain's best-selling single of 2016 one oh, so the song's called one something one vision i wouldn't know one, one, anything about drake. one dance i don't know a single song by drake uh, you know um charlie drake's my, my boomerang won't come back you know that one i know i know the ugly duckling by drake uh, <laughs> Initials, which 1987 song by St- Steve Silk Hurley, I do know this one, has the initials JYB. Jack Your Body. Jack Your Body. Jack, Jack, Jack. Yeah, I seem to remember that's one of those ones where you get to the end of Top of the Pops and it was just they'd have the 30 seconds of the video or something. Cause it was just a faceless thing, wasn't it? Mm. Oldies in uh, 1996, Boyzone had their first number one single with words. Who had the original hit in 1967? The Bee Gees. Yeah, and you you must have got that new album by um, the Living Gib, the Living Barry Gib, because yeah. he's performing that song with um, Dolly Parton, and it was the first time they'd met or the first time they'd met in like 40 years or something stupid. Mm. So they couldn't be that friendly. 80s, which actor had a number one hit in 80, 1986 with Every Loser Wins? Nick Berry. Oh, well done. 90s, which 1994 single became the first Blur song to feature on a Now compilation? <laughs> what a real question. Uh, girls and Boys? Yes. Surprised. I'm surprised that uh, there's no other way or something. Oh, I'm surprised. 21st century, which British singer had her second number one with Boys and Girls in 2009? It's not Girls and Boys, but Boys and Girls. Yeah, um, I wouldn't have known this. Um, you might, though. Yeah, I think I liked it. Um, I don't think I'm going to get there. It's a girl. Um, Not a lot. Pixie lot. That's it. <laughs> got, got there eventually. Titles. Complete the title of Portishead's 1995 single, Glory Box. Yeah. Initials. Which 1997 song by the Chemical Brothers had the initials Bravo, Romeo, Bravo, BRB? No, I'm going to get that. Oh, back with those block rocking beats. Uh, block, block rocking beats. Block rocking beats. Oldies. Which nineteen eighty two song by the Valentine <laughs> Valentine Brothers later gave Simply Red their first hit single? Which nineteen eighty two song by the Valentine Brothers later gave Simply Red their first hit single? And it's too tight to mention. Yeah, that's right. Good guess. <laughs> Ended. That's your three cards down. Okay. Mm, not, not an atrocious performance. No.
Well, Bettina, all in all, making Fiend in Flare jeans um, sounds like an absolute blast. Oh, darling, yes. I mean, what a time to be alive. 1968, 1967. Um, I, uh, uh, I, 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 I do remember it wasn't long before I went over to Spain to start filming Fiend. If I remember rightly, it was only a month or two after I met the Beatles. You met the Beatles? Oh, yes, darling. I was at the uh, launch party for Sergeant Pepper. Um, now, the, well, I think that came out in late May 67. And I uh, went to the launch. And, uh, yes. Oh, go on. I met the Rolling Stones. Really? Oh, yes. Uh, oh, who else? Um, yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can't tell those stories. I need to save them for my autobiography. <laughs> oh, still, 67, a busy year for you then? Oh, was it ever, yes. Um, Did you get to go to uh, uh, many, like, things like that, though? You know, record launches? Well, not as many as I would have liked to, but um, now when was it? Uh, late later in '68, after Fiend had come out, and I was making another film. I can't remember the order of them now, but uh, yeah, I well, some of them were very big and some of them were very small, and uh, you know the record labels. You know, for every um, for for every. Uh, like Sgt. Pepper, there were albums that uh, perhaps weren't as big a deal, but have since become bigger deals. Do you get me, darling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to, oh, in late 68, I got invited to go to uh, a little do for the Kinks for an album of theirs called the Village Green Preservation Society. I know you like that one. Oh, yes, very much. You know, that... Uh, didn't do so well at the time, but has done a lot better over the years, so... Mm. One of my favourite albums. Yeah, yeah, one of my favourites too. Uh, I think it, it was sort of revived a bit in the 90s uh, when, you know, Blur did Park Life. Yes, I remember reading about that. Well, I remember it, but, well, yes, I think I remember it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I'm sure there are many other stories I can think of, but uh, I think I've run out of anecdotes, darling. No, no, Bettina, that's, fan that's fantastic. Um, Going to play one last clip. And this is from later in the movie, um, when Petula thinks that Ursula's going to kill her. That's right, darling. I like this one. <laughs> Go on, play it. Why are you carrying that knife? Why do you think I'm carrying it, Petula? It's because I have a message from it for you. A message from the knife? Yes, Petula. I have a message from the knife. It says that now is the time for you to say your goodbyes because you have lived this life for far too long 
Now it is my turn. Oh, Ursula, no. Please don't kill me. If you want this house, if you want my fortune, just take it. Just let me go. You don't have to kill me. But I do, Petula. But I do. You cannot be trusted. I can't let you walk out of the door. You're not just going to hand it all over. Let the knife decide. I have talked to the knife, and the knife has told me there is only one thing to do. I let the knife decide. You're faked. Petula. Oh, no! No! Oh, I love that scene. Amazing. Amazing scene. Oh, yes, well, you know. <laughs> oh, dear. I, I didn't get twice the pay, unfortunately. I, well, I, I did, like, with the dubbing, but not with the performing. <laughs> oh, still one of my most treasured uh, moments on screen, I think. I'm so glad that uh, people are beginning to uh, hear more about it. And, uh, yes... Bettina, I'm sure a lot of people would like to hear about others of your films because that's not the only sort of psychological thriller horror type film that uh, you appeared in in that era. Oh, no, no, I... No. Um, I mean, Damius... August. Uh, Damius, when he was Damius... Um, yeah, we, we, we appeared in films together, but uh, but it's only now we're finding that out, you know. We... we uh, uh, we didn't necessarily realise because we, we had different specialities. <laughs> I was more the leading lady. He was more the talented, um, uh, well, um, I don't know how to put it, but uh, uh, behind the scenes. Well, not behind the scenes. Sometimes he was the scenery. Um, but, uh, yes, he, we had different we had different specialities. Sure, well, um, maybe... Maybe we can look through your filmography and, and choose another title to discuss at a later date. <laughs> yes, darling. This one I particularly enjoyed, called The Crimson Teeth of Aunt Agatha. Now, that was a big favourite. I was like the niece of Aunt Agatha with the crimson teeth. Ooh, why does she have crimson teeth? Oh, you have to watch the film first, darling. Oh, yes, The Crimson Teeth of Aunt Agatha. Fantastic. Now, I think that was... That was even before this... Well, this that was... That probably came out in 67, but was made in 66, something like that. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> um, right, well, fantastic. Thanks again, Bettina. It's been great. It's been really good talking to you about this. And uh, I'm sure the listeners have enjoyed every minute. All right, thanks again. Listeners, um, before we before we end this episode, uh, I've got some music. It's um, it's actually by Harry. Yeah, our, our old friend Harry. 
It's actually inspired by Fiendin' Flare jeans. Um, there's a, a motif, a musical motif, that goes through certain scenes of the film. And uh, Harry was inspired, so he's, um, he, he's, he's, he's composed a new piece of music which he calls a love song from Fiend in Flared Jeans. You might want to have a listen now, and then we'll be back to say goodbye. OK, have a listen. Paul, that was marvellous. It was. I really enjoyed it. I, I, I think she really enjoyed talking about it as well. Oh, she did, yes. I, I had a little bit of a chat with uh, August behind the scenes. He, it seemed to be triggering some memories from his Damius past as well. Well, it's bound to. It's all in there somewhere. Yes, yes. Well, I hope she'll come back and discuss the crimson teeth of Aunt Agatha. It does sound intriguing does sound intriguing I wonder why she, I still don't know why she's got crimson teeth maybe she's a vampire oh dear maybe she is um okay um right well listeners that's about all we've got time for I hope you enjoyed hearing Bettina talk about her film career and um well I'm sure there were other bits and pieces that occurred um during this episode that, uh, that I'm not aware of Maybe a certain bag clip or something. I imagine there would have been, yes. Um, so, yes, listeners, we've got plenty of episodes in the can. Uh, so join us again soon. And, uh, yeah, there'll be more from us. 
and uh, hopefully more from Bettina's in the, in the future as well. All right, you take care. Uh, bye-bye for now. Goodbye, listeners. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> yes. You were you were fantastic, Bettina. Yeah, just what we wanted. Um, uh, your anecdotes, oh, really, really good, really great. Um, I think we should do more episodes like that. I mean, it, it's all very well uh, mentioning your your film um, past, but uh, yeah, we we need sometimes you know. If we can talk about my poems, we can definitely talk about the films you were in. Well, Paul, it's up to you. It's your show. Well, yeah, I suppose so. But yes, I'd love to hear more about the crimson teeth of Aunt Agatha. Well, we'll talk about that sometime then. That'll be good. Yes. Yes, the crimson teeth of Aunt Agatha. 1966. No, yeah, that's when we made 1967 was when it came in. Yes. So about a film or two before... Um, the fiend in flared jeans. But, uh, so I look even more young and ravishing, darling. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure of it, yes. Uh, God, I mean, you did make a lot of the sort of films that I I really enjoy watching, so uh, it's just a shame they're quite hard to get a hold of. Well, yes, darling, that, that, is, a, that is a problem. Uh, a lot of them, well, I don't think any of them have been wiped. Now, that would be awful. I think they will exist somewhere. They're just not the ones that are top of the list for being released on Blu-ray. And they're often by quite obscure directors who, uh, who haven't got quite the following of someone like Bava or Argento or or, um, or any of that gang. Well, yeah. There's so many other, you know, uh, people out there, directors out there, films out there that people haven't heard of. But, you know, some of them are rising to the surface now, so it can only be time. Well, yes, darling, I, I think you're right. Oh, I can hear the theme music. So can I. Time to go, I suppose. I need to go and pop over and uh, uh, see uh, see Ick and Itty uh, Uncle John. I'm trying to call them and they've not been responding. Oh, darling, they've probably been on the brandy after all that putting up curtains business. You're probably right, yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> well, I'll speak to you again soon. Absolutely, my darling, absolutely. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find more shows over at pride48.com. Oh, dear. <laughs> What's going on now? Oh.
Hello, Ick. It's Uncle John. Are you there? Oh my goodness. Paul's arrived. Quick, hide all the biscuit packets. God, oh my goodness. Oh my god, oh quick, yes. Look, you go and speak to him. I'll, I'll hide the packets. Oh dear, oh dear. Ick, it's Uncle John. Where are you? Oh, we're just here. Just here. I'm just coming. Oh, how are you, Paul? How did it go? Oh, it was great. Bettina had some really good anecdotes. You've got uh, you've got sugar on your lip. You've been eating donuts again. Uh, donuts? No, maybe. Oh yes, maybe. Yes. Um, yes, Uncle John bought some donuts. What? Well, yes, Uncle John bought donuts, even though he was helping you put the curtains up. Shouldn't you have been buying the donuts? Uh, well, you know, it's Uncle John. He's always so generous. Really? Never brings me donuts. Uh, well, you know. Uh, yes, yes. And, uh, yeah, Cromarty's just, uh, uh, well, uh, putting his feet up. <laughs> Not that he did that much. He just kept uh, August chatting and, uh, uh, and uh, yeah. But uh, we were thinking about getting a takeout. I don't know if you wanted to join us. A takeout, Paul? Oh, I'm not sure. Each one of those donuts has really filled me up. How many donuts did he bring? Oh, about ten packs. Yeah, we rather overindulged. I thought uh, Uck was going to be in, but he's, he's nipped out somewhere. So uh, anyway, uh, just I was just tidying up in there. Ah, all right. And so the curtains are up now. C- can I can I see them? Uh, it's not quite finished. Not quite finished. But uh, yes. No, it's, it's not quite finished. But uh, anyway, well, um, I don't think I'm up for a takeout tonight. Thank you for popping over. Uh, I take out, you say? Yeah, you interested? What sort? Uh, Indian, Chinese, I don't mind. Oh, probably a Chinese. Like a buffet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Uncle John. Oh, all those biscuits. Oh, uh, donuts. Oh, donuts, yes. Donut, you can put it. You must, you need a nap. You can't remember what you've been eating. Well, I'll go back and I'll speak to Cromarty and uh, get it ordered. Just the usual buffet. Yes, that would be fine. I'll I'll be over in a minute. I just need to check in on the magpies on the way back. All right, all right, I'll see you both later. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, great, okay. Didn't got a spare donut for me. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We need everyone. Yes, everyone. Sorry, Paul. No, no, that's fine, that's fine. (laughs) See you later. Uncle John. Oh, I'm sorry, I nearly, I nearly ruined our story. Oh, it's all right. Donuts, biscuits, what's the difference? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, I'm pretty sure that those biscuits uh, in my storeroom are, uh, are, far, are far nicer than any donut. Yes, I, I think so too. Oh, they're very good, aren't they? <sighs> Beginning to miss them. <sighs> Or, I think I might need to have one or two more before I head back. Oh yes, yes me too. I could do with five or six more myself. 
It's just, uh, let's open one more packet before I go back. Yes, that would be marvellous. Then I think I should go to bed. Oh, yes. Yes, I need to keep some room for this Chinese meal, but uh, anyway, I'm, I'm pretty accommodating when it comes to food. Oh, I know it. It's your Uncle John. Oh, come on then. I just want to have another biscuit. Or seven. Oh, yes, or twelve. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, good. Mm, right. <laughs> Gotta tell you, I didn't expect that. Welcome to Rapping with Teppy, a brand new show on the Spreadcast feed. What I mean. I, Teppy Daniel, whittle down my entire life experiences into small sound bites of advice for the contemplation of a modern audience. That's you. Oh, welcome, dears. Welcome, everyone, to my very first Rapping with Teppy show. Hello, Bettina. Well, I, uh, I just wondered if you'd like a cup of tea. Nephew, and <laughs> we what, darling? What are you saying? I'm listening to this radio programme. Oh, oh, it's... That sounds like Aunt Tappy. It is, darling, yes. It's Aunt Tappy's new radio show. Well, podcast, radio show. Well, I don't really know, but anyway, it's very good. Oh, well, it's good to hear her voice. Shall I go and put the kettle on? Oh, yes, darling, all right, put the kettle up. And I'll, I'll, I'll keep listening to this. Uh, listeners, it's on the latest episode of the Spellcast, episode 571. It's called Rapping with Tappy. It's very good. Shh, shh, go and have a listen. Oh, dear. Oh, I'm more of a fluster now. You've distracted me. I'm going to have to whiz it back a few minutes and start again. Oh, dear. Oh, my darling Tappy. Have you got a minute? A minute? A minute? Oh dear, just a minute. Okay, Bettina Dupre. Oh darling, um, the Charlotte podcast is, is a show full of glamour and, uh, well, stories and, and people talking about subjects that they find interesting. Lots of chat and conversation. Perfect. Now, I was tickled pink to hear Bettina in that little uh, promo. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, Bettina and I go back a long way. And if any of you wanted to catch up on, oh, just a little bit of our life together, please go back and listen uh, to an old episode of The Smellcast. Let's see now, episode... 450, believe it or not, and it was published way back in August of 2017. So check it out, dears. You could go to thespellcast.com and find all of the best episodes of the Smellcast. Uh, the life and times of Betsy and Tootsie. Man, 
Was that a birthday? Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. That was a darling little shoe. 533. 533. This is just the weirdest thing I've ever heard.